This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. Now, on Tuesday, when the BCNDP tabled their 2020 budget, they did mention education, which made me stop and stare at the screen as a mother of a 12-year-old in public school, uh, daughter of... Uh, high school teacher. It made many of us pause and listen because it impacts all of us when it comes to education and the exhaustion that we all sort of feel surrounding negotiations between the government and the teachers. So Finance Minister Carol James actually said the government would help solve the teachers shortage in BC. Dollars towards that. Uh, that has to be welcomed, right? But what of the current climate between our provincial government and our teachers? Are, we're happy to welcome somebody who probably can shed some light on that. BC Teachers Federation President Terry Mooring in studio. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me, Jody. What was budget day like for you? It was really interesting. And, and we were actually reflecting on in the last few uh, budgets um, before the NDP was elected, you know, we would be crafting really bad news Um Responses News releases yeah. after you know we uh, got the information and you know more cuts to education. So it, it's been refreshing not to have that as a narrative. That's for sure. Well, what is it? Three hundred million over the next three years into the system. It is, and so it's about an increase of one point eight percent to education. And what that mostly will go to is covering increased student enrollment, and so that's good uh, because before I became so involved in uh, the BCTF, I just made an assumption that if you have more students in the system, you actually fund them. But that's not to be taken for granted because that didn't happen in the past. Are you kidding? So we are funding more students in the system and that's really good. We're also doing it. They're also doing a couple other things which we welcome. One is uh, there's going to be dollars towards um, teaching Indigenous perspectives and knowledges in our system and and we've been really wanting uh, more resources around that. So that's great. And the other is there's also money towards um, children in care, improving uh, their reality in schools. And districts have a lot of flexibility with that money in terms of additional counseling or food programs or what have you that might might be needed. And so that's the good news. Um, The part that we were disappointed about, though, was that there isn't any dedicated dollars to solving the teacher shortage. And the teacher shortage, when we say that, um, you know, we felt it in the lower mainland to some degree, but we have no idea in southern British Columbia, actually, all the way into the interior. is, is It's there, but it's not even close to what we're seeing in the northern part of, of our province, right? It's really true. And so a typical example about how Metro is impacted is there's a behavior intervention teacher in Vancouver that was put into a classroom, uh, so removed from their job. Um, that job then uh, is really difficult to fill, even in Metro Vancouver, which gives you an idea of the shortage. And so students that have behaviors that either um, either they act out in terms of the behaviors or they act internally on themselves, um, those students aren't supported. And in some cases, it means that those students can't remain in school. So it's bad enough that specialist teachers are being pulled into classrooms in Metro, but what's happening in the North Coast, North Central, Peace regions of our province, and there are other pockets that are impacted as well. We actually have uncertified, untrained folks who are well-meaning, Uh, In some cases, they're described as enthusiastic or upstanding members of the community that are in classrooms that that have no, in some cases, no post-secondary training whatsoever. In some cases, there's a little bit of post-secondary, but it's not in a related field. So we have nail technicians, we have... 
um, realtors, you know, we have uh, former students, uh, all well-meaning, but those are the folks in actual contracts in some places in the in northern uh, BC. That's how deep the crisis runs in terms of trying to find a qualified teacher to take these positions. It's it's true. And so we have numbers of these folks in actual contracts, but we have hundreds more that fill in for teachers day to day. And they're either not trained teachers or they're retired teachers. And we really appreciate the retired teachers. In some cases, there are stories around retired teachers sort of being really coaxed out of retirement to come back into the system because it's so dire in many places. And we really appreciate that. But that's also not a dependable workforce. We need to resolve this crisis. Um, and it's not good for the kids. It. It's it's not a reliable work, workforce, and it's not good for the kids. My son, as I've told you the story um, off air before, after the the strike, um, he felt the echo effect of it and had five different teachers over the course of one year because basically it was supply teacher to supply teacher to supply teacher. Um, and then we had one teacher who came from Alberta who was an, a lovely man but was completely overwhelmed because the, the system here is completely different than the system there. There the curriculum is handed to you and here you have to actually create your own, which I didn't know until he literally had no curriculum and my son came home and was like, I really like this guy. He just talks to us all day. I'm like, Really? So you didn't really do any math, you know? So th- those types, when, and when your 10-year-old, or I guess he was nine at the time, comes home and says that, I'm like, we're missing out on opportunity here. And I've got a bright boy who is engaged and he's learning at the right level. He's able to do that. If he was struggling at all, I don't know what I'd do. Yeah, and this is a real regional disparity. Um, yeah. And as I say, the crisis impacts the entire province, but it's really significant in, in certain regions of the province. And those students, too, deserve certified teachers in their classrooms. And in many cases, it's not happening. And that's not okay. In BC, where you know we were just hearing from the finance minister how strong the economy is, mm-hmm. how well we're doing. And, and that's true. We have uh, surpluses now. Um, but we need to do something about the teacher shortage. We do indeed. We're with Terry Mooring, who is the BCTF president uh, in studio with us here. And we have to bring it up. I mean, I see it on my Twitter all the time. We talk about it regularly. You and I have done many uh, sit-downs over the course of these negotiations. And we come back to the 2-2-2 two, two, and two mandate um, and how that fits. And, and, and people We'll talk about the Me Too clause that is in place because if if teachers get paid more than two, two, and two, then nurses can say, "Well, me too." So we're opening up our contract again, and it can have an impact and, and effects on on government workers more than just uh, the teachers scenario. So what can actually work within two, two, and two for your purposes in negotiation? Yeah, so uh, teachers are the second lowest paid um, teacher, like we're the second lowest paid uh, nationally. And so uh, teachers in BC make less only, uh, we're only second to Quebec. So Quebec makes less than teachers in BC, um, than it's teachers in BC. So it's it's really significant having a real big impact on teachers coming from their jurisdictions to BC. And so two, two, and two, we understand that to be the mandate. Um, we get it. Um, but there are other things that other unions were able to do to increase their salaries, and that's what we're looking for as well. So restructuring the salary grid, it takes 10 years on average to be uh, to get your full wage uh, as a teacher in BC. Right. And uh, so we're looking to do something there. And Do you have the number that doesn't exceed the mandate of 2-2-2 two, two two then? 
Like, isn't that just a no-brainer that everybody could agree that if it falls between two, two, and two, we could make that happen to solve the crisis? Like, this, there's got to be some bigger stumbling block here that we're not seeing. Well, I think that, uh, you know, it, it's just a matter of us getting to the table and having those real frank conversations. And, and uh, it hasn't happened as, as much or up until now, really, because we've really been stymied at the table because of the concessions that the employer tabled. And so that's really taken up all the oxygen lately. Uh, and so we're hoping that they're removed from the table so we can get down to really substantive conversations about what's really needed in education in BC. So we have lots of dates now, and so I'm really happy to report that. We have Good. dates at the end of February. We have dates uh, for three weeks in March. So Great. we are really hopeful that we'll really make progress uh, when we head to the, back to the table. Good, Terry, because... Parents are stressing out in BC because we're watching what's happening in Ontario. Yes, and it's really awful what's happening in Ontario. It's not all that dissimilar from when our language was uh, stripped by the collective, our collective agreement was stripped by the Liberal government. Um, but it's really, um, you know, I have lots of friends who are teachers in Ontario. It's really horrible to see what is happening there and how hard teachers are having to fight for student learning conditions, for uh, wage increases as well. Um, and so, and the kids are never getting this time of their lives back. It's it's really terrible when a government doesn't respect their teachers enough to really sit down and, and uh, work with them in order to resolve contract disputes. It's not necessary that it always results in strikes and, and job actions. That's not the scenario that should be playing out. Mm-hmm. We should be sitting down like reasonable folks and, and hammering out solutions to these problems. Would 2-2-2 two, two, and two put BC teachers higher up on that, like, as you said, one up from Quebec right now, wouldn't it put you like fourth or or better? It just really depends on what happens in places like Ontario and Saskatchewan, who are currently negotiating right, right now. There is lots of I'm other just jurisdictions to start us there somewhere as well. <laughs> so I suppose if they get uh, less than than mm. uh, two, then we might move up a little bit. But it's still not going to resolve the shortage in BC, especially right. when you account for the cost of living in BC. So we have to do a lot better if we want to attract teachers here. And right now we're not producing enough teachers in BC to fill the need. And so clearly we need teachers from other jurisdictions. And this PR for teachers, like people watching this, the struggle, because the struggle has been real and for quite a long time now. I don't know if I'd look to my son who would be like, I think I want to be a teacher. I'd say, mm, buddy. Yeah, it's it's tough, right? Yeah. Um, it's, a and, tough, uh, it's a tough job. People who think you've got it easy got, are wrong. I grew up in a household with a teacher and they're like, oh, another Friday long weekend. Of course, it's a prody day. They're marking all day. All weekend. They are. And and I remember the days when uh, I would tell my kids, like, mom's going to be busy at the computer for the next few weekends because Mm -hmm. I'm doing report cards. I mean, it it really is. You have to really love it. And and those in in classrooms do really love it. Um, But in order to attract uh, more folks into the profession, we do need to make sure that teachers are not only paid well, but are well respected. And, And that is starting to turn around. I really feel that with the new government. I do believe they respect teachers. I do believe that they believe in public education. We just now need to work with this current government around the teacher shortage, around our collective agreement issues, get it solved. Um, and we're quite willing to work together on that. Is, is it, this is my naivete. I don't know the issues around this, but with all the dollars that are coming from a budget that are going to private schools, is there a way to sort of peel off some of that money and put it into the public arena and let private schools that seem to be operating at a, I don't know, a pretty swanky capacity? 
Yeah, it's really been a point of contention and uh, the amount of money going to private schools, the amount of public money going to private schools. Uh, what we've suggested to government, because you know there is a reluctance uh, on the part of government to act on this issue, is why don't we just start with the elite private schools that can afford to pay, where, where parents can afford to pay full tuition. Um, $36 million in this budget going to private education, we could really use that in the public system right now. That would really be helpful. And so, you know, while I see um, that there are some private schools that are not elite. Let's start with the ones that are. Right. And, uh, start and somewhere. Ex- exactly. That that would be helpful. Um, it's not necessary to publicly fund them. And uh, and you know we've been calling on that for to happen for a long time. And just because it's always been that way doesn't mean it has to continue to be that way. And it actually hasn't been that way for all that long. It was Liberal government uh, uh, during their last uh, you know couple terms that actually started funding uh, private schools publicly. Um, and they did that because they fundamentally didn't believe in, in public education and mm. and eventually I think the the idea was that they wanted to move to a completely private system but that you know we have a new government that should have a new perspective on this and start with the elite private schools that's our suggestion Terry mooring always a pleasure to talk with you and thank you for being so open uh, to coming in studio and and just really having everything on the table I appreciate it absolutely Jody anytime that is Terry mooring the BCTF president